I get do it from the half court. I could change your life or painting murals on your passport. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter, and if you do me a favor, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely means a lot to me. When we talk about swan songs, right? Some players or some people have great swan songs. You know, we, we think of Ray Lewis. Last season, Ravens end up winning the Super Bowl. Hell, you think of uh, think of Peyton Manning last year. Broncos win the Super Bowl against uh, the the Panthers. Swan songs are always, you know, swan. For people that don't know what a swan song is, a swan song is the finale, the ending when someone end, when something ends. And like I said, some people have better swan songs, more 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 remarkable swan songs than other. And why am I saying this? So last, I think either Friday or Saturday. Albert Pujols joined the 700 Club. For people that don't know, that's 700 home runs. He's only—I think there's only four players in there. Is him? There's Hank Aaron. There's Barry Bonds, and there is um, what's his name? Babe Ruth. You see, I was. <sighs> there's a lot of finales coming. You know, th- this year. Uh, we we talked about Serena Williams. Her this is her last year, or she's pretty much retired from tennis. Roger Federer uh, retiring from tennis, and Albert Pujols. This is he, he's already come out and said this is last year. So to have a swan song, this now no, this isn't winning the World Series, and I don't. I mean, the I don't think the Cardinals really have a shot of winning the World Series, especially when you look at some of the teams. When we look at the Braves, we look at the Dodgers. The Mets. I don't really think the 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 Cardinals have a chance, but this is probably the best swan song that you can you can pick for Albert Pujols, a person that's never really had controversy, a person that when we think about baseball, you know he's he's been in the Angels, he's been on the Dodgers, now he's with the Cardinals. He will go down as one of the greatest of all time. Now, I say that a lot. I say that a lot. I talked about Serena Williams, greatest of all time. I talked about Roger Federer. What really makes you the greatest of all time is you have to solidify yourself in something. You have to, your name has to be solidified somewhere. For instance, Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest of all time, he is pretty much the face of basketball and has been the face of basketball since. You know, he was in the league. LeBron James can arguably arguably be the greatest of all time, one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. Steph Curry, one of the greatest of all time, he solidified himself as the greatest shooter of all time. When we talk about football, we can talk about Tom Brady, we can talk about Aaron Rodgers. If you want to go to the wide receiver position, we can talk about Randy Moss, Jerry West, or Jerry Rice, T.O., in order to be considered one of the goats or one of the greatest of all time, you have to solidify yourself in something. And what Pujols has done is he has put himself in a class that clearly is <laughs> is exclusive, seeing as that there's only four people in it. 
Now, yes, I'm almost sure if you ask Albert Pujols, he'd probably forfeit a couple of those home runs if it can if it can grant him a World Series or two. But he's done something that I don't see happening. Yeah, you have Aaron Judge, and we talked about him last episode. Yeah, you have Aaron Judge going for 61. Um, but I don't see I don't see many people. Oh, it's gonna be hard for me to see somebody do this again. I maybe Aaron Judge, maybe. I would say Giancarlo Staten, but he's kind of he has injury problems. But yeah, man, congratulations to Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols. Someone that embodies baseball. When you look at Albert Puto, he just he looks like a baseball player. And he has done something. He has solidified himself. Even if this is his last year, so he's, you know, <laughs> he's not coming back. And he will always be he will always be in the record books. First, in my opinion, first ballot Hall of Famer. In my opinion, more than likely should get his jersey retired and and a couple of places. That is Albert Pujols is is him. He's Hemothy. <laughs> Congratulations, Albert Pujols, for seven hundred home runs and counting because the season's not over. Let's move forward. This was a in- interesting um, week three in the NFL. A lot of things that were supposed to happen didn't happen. A lot of things that. W- Worse, a lot of things that weren't supposed to happen happened. What we'll do is we'll break down every game like we usually do on a Wednesday. Let's start with the Saints and, and Panthers. The Panthers got their first win, twenty-two to fourteen. Um, I have to look at the Saints. It's easy to say. I don't know what Jameis Winston we're seeing right now. And what I mean by that is I don't know if this is the Jameis Winston that has that is struggling due to the fact that he has pretty much broken rib, like a broken back and still playing and is in an immense amount of pain. If you talk, if you listen to agents and, and doctors and stuff. And it's just a pain tolerance thing. I don't know if that's the case. Or are we seeing the Jameis Winston that we saw? In Tampa Bay. Because you throw three interceptions the week prior. You lose the game. This this game, while you didn't throw, I think you threw like two interceptions. One of them was a batted ball. This Jameis Winston that we saw, he didn't have zip on the ball. Now, you could say that's that's. The injury talking, or you could say that that's the inconsistency that Jameis Winston has struggled with his entire career. And I don't know what's going on with the Saints, man, because the defense isn't even playing well. Let me say this. The defense is playing well, but when when the defense is on the on the field so met so much, you get tired fast. Baker Mayfield did not play good on Sunday. In the slightest, and they still won. Christian McCaffrey didn't play good in the slightest. They still won because the Saints didn't do enough to win. So, and and this is a Saints team that a lot of people, surprisingly, had at least make it to the NFC Championship. 
I, I do, I'm not going to – there's no reason to push the panic button on the Saints, but I just I, – I need to see improvement. And I don't know if that's the case or if that's possible with the whole back injury that Jameis Winston has. And the more and more I'm, I'm looking, the more and more I'm starting to realize Baker Mayfield might be who he is. <laughs> and what I mean by that is a pretty simple statement. Baker Mayfield has looked bad this entire year. I know it's three games, but this entire year he has not looked good. Now, yes, he did win, and I think he only looked good for a quarter, and that was the that was fourth quarter, the first game. Every other game, he has not looked good at all. Now, it didn't help that Jameis Winston didn't look good either, really. Even though he, yo, the connection between him and Chris Olave. Uh, on Sunday was electric. I think Chris Olave had like 140 some yards. It was it was tough, but <laughs> it's uh, this is the Baker Mayfield that we're seeing. We're starting to see a consistent Baker Mayfield, and he has not been consistently good. Let's just say that. But I'm not going to take away from the Panthers. The Panthers, due to their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were able to win, so shouts out to the Panthers for beating the Saints 22-14. to Bears and Texans, two bad teams. Uh, Davis Mills wasn't playing good. I will say this. The Bears did win, but Justin Fields looked terrible. Nobody looked good in this game except for Raekwon Swift, Raekwon Smith when he had the interception. It was not a good game in the slightest. It, it, it really wasn't. Um, nobody played good. Justin Field, the problems that kind of plagued him year one, we saw on Sunday, which he looks, he stares down receivers. He underthrows a lot of receivers. He he throws behind a lot of receivers. If the Texans were a better defense, I think that uh, they probably would have won. And if Davis Mills didn't throw that tough interception, then probably. But the Bears, it, it, the Bears did win, so shouts out to them. One of the games that was shocking um, was the Colts beat the Chiefs seventeen. I mean, twenty to seventeen. The Colts they lose to no. The Colts lose to get destroyed by the Jaguars. Tie with the Texans, but beat the Chiefs. Now, I would say that. To me, this game was more of the Chiefs losing than the Colts winning because, I mean, you fumble, you have a missed field goal, miss a missed field goal, miss extra point. Some of the clock management, is it just wasn't the best. And they weren't really aggressive when you thought they would. Maybe that's why you saw a little word of war of words between, uh, what's his name, Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy. I'm, it's it's just one game, and honestly, the the Colts played the best that they could compared, you know, as compared to what the Chiefs did. I I, I don't I don't. We they were talking about this on Get Up the other day. Uh, just because you win doesn't mean that you're the better team. It just means that you were the better team that day. And I think the Colts were just a better team that day. I'm still holding. I'm not gonna say holding out hope, but I'm still skeptical about the Colts. Um, because it doesn't look good. And, and again, when are you, when are you going to miss an extra point? And if you would have made an extra point and a, and a, uh, 
if they would have hit that extra point and the field goal, they would have won by one. So, yeah. But congrats, the Colts beat the Chiefs twenty to seventeen. Another shocking, shocking outcome in my opinion was the Dolphins beating the Bills twenty-one to nineteen. Now RG three said that the Dolphins were the best team in the league. I don't agree. I will say this though, I have drastically underestimated the Dolphins. Um, I've underestimated Tua. Tua has been good, has been good this year. The things that the question marks that I and a lot of people had about Tua going in, he has answered, which is, can he be consistent throwing the deep ball? Can he be accurate? Like that's that's something that's been a constant question mark, and he he has not been that for the longest. But this year he's been good. Again, it's something to be said when you have a number one receiver. Tua having he has two number one receivers pretty much. He has Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. But you that is that's something that I didn't take into accountability. I didn't take into accountability. <laughs> something I did not take into account was the number one receiver uh glow. And what do I mean by that? And we've talked about this on this on this podcast. We see how good Josh Allen looked once he paired with Stephon Diggs. We see how good Kyler Murray looks when he's paired with DeAndre Hopkins. We see how good Aaron Rodgers looked when he paired with Devontae Adams. We see how good uh, Jalen Hurts looks when he's paired with A.J. Brown. There's something that happens when you have the connection with a number one receiver. And the fact that Tua and the Dolphins have two, and they both just so happen to be the fastest receivers in the league, they've been they've been good. I do think that on Sunday, a lot of it was bad play from the Bills in clutch situations. I mean, we can go back to when Josh Allen had a clear first down or no clear touchdown and he threw it into the dirt. Uh, clock management for Doug McDermott or Sean McDermott and the Bills just weren't the best. But I'm not taking away from I'm not taking away from the win. That going in, a lot of people, including myself, thought that the or think that the Bills were the better team and is the best team in the league right now. And the Dolphins win one. So congratulations to the Dolphins for winning 21 to 19. Lions and the Lions lose to the Vikings 28 to 24. Again, and you look at these when you look at these Lions losses or win or look at these Lions games, they're not they're never really blowouts. They're always close. The Lions are a good team. It's just what the one thing that they need to do is they need to figure out how to close games because they look really good. They look like a very competent and a very good football team through three quarters. It's just small moments in the fourth that just lose them the game. They they had this game under control. It's just. And hell, Delvin Cook even separated his shoulder, so I hope that he gets back to 100%. But Jeff Okudo, he held Justin Jefferson to like 14 yards. Justin Jefferson, who a lot of people, including myself, said could be the best wide receiver by the end of the year, was held to like three catches for 14 yards or something like that. This is a good team. It's just they need to learn how to close. And until then, they will continue to lose games like this. They uh, congratulate to the Vikings for winning twenty-eight to twenty-four. 
The Ravens beat the Patriots 37 to 26. The Ravens are going are finding themselves are going to find themselves if they don't do us right right now when they can. To me, they're going to find themselves in the same predicament that the Yankees are finding themselves in with Aaron Judge. You see, if they would have paid Aaron Judge the money that he was looking for in the beginning, he wouldn't have to worry moving forward. Because remember, they had to go to court, the arbitrator, whatever the person's called, try to go get more money. They settled on money. Aaron Judge going out and has, has, at this moment has hit 60 home runs. Triple crown winner, possibly by the end of the year. Uh, and in my opinion, a clear-cut AL MVP. Now, the money that they could have saved by paying him beginning of the year there's no way in heaven to hell they're going to be able to save now because now the money the bank has the, the bag has increased the pot has increased because he, he's having a, an historic year there's no way you can lowball somebody that's having an historic year lamar jackson in my opinion is a front runner for the mvp at this point no they're not undefeated but even the game that they lost, I would put that more on the defense because Lamar Jackson had like five touchdowns that game. Yo, Lamar Jackson is different. And the Ravens should have paid that man when they had the chance. Because I promise you, there's no way that whatever he was asking for the beginning of the year, there's no way that he's going back to the, back to the, uh, back to the negotiating table and say, yeah, that deal that I wanted in the beginning, still there. And there's something else that I want to address uh, real quick while we're on the Ravens and Patriots. A lot of people are saying that one of the biggest reasons why he doesn't have a deal is because he doesn't have an agent. That's the excuse a lot of people are saying. And then, you know, they'll look at Richard Sherman and then they'll say, well, look at where Richard Sherman is now. Here's the thing. When you're negotiating, when, when, when your future is on the line, I understand that there's a normal way of going about things. There is, you get an agent, the agent handles all that. You pay that agent out of whatever the hell you get from your contract. Cool. But when you're dealing with your future, sometimes you want to be hands-on. Because for the people that I remember the report. I remember the report coming out saying Lamar Jackson's hard to reach. No, he's not. When you're trying to offer somebody $250 million, I put money. I'll put my life on the line that it's easy to reach them. What it is is people want to go into the negotiating table and think just because you don't have an agent that you're not. There's a stigma to people that, that, that want to bypass the agent and just deal, work, deal with their 
deal with their contract, their future hands, like themselves. Same thing that, and, and shouts out to Marcus Spears that said it. That's the same thinking that you have when you hear all these anonymous reports saying Lamar Jackson, if he won 12 MVPs, he still wouldn't be a one. I don't want to bring race into it, but I'm about to. And shouts out again to Marcus Spears for saying, imagine if this was Kirk Cousins that was putting up these Lamar Jackson numbers. You think that unanimous whoever it was would say that Lamar, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't a number one if he had 12 MVPs or he was putting up the numbers Lamar Jackson's putting up? You think that Lamar Jackson is not smart enough to know what he's worth? He has to, An agent has to do that? An agent has to be the one to tell him that? An agent has to be the one to hear from the team? Well, you can't do this, 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 and this. Like, you tell me Lamar Jackson is not smart and his, and his representation, which I think is his mother. You think they're not smart enough to understand what their son or who they're, who, what he's worth? You think that Lamar Jackson can't look at the fact that he represents 85 to 90% of the Ravens' offense? You think Lamar Jackson can't look at Deshaun Watson, who's not even playing right now, and look at his contract and think to myself, well, there's a couple differences there. Uh, I have an MVP, unanimous at that. I don't have any of those off-the-field issues. I feel statistically that I'm better than him. You don't think Lamar Jackson can do that? You don't think Richard Sherman can do that? All I'm saying is this. The Ravens, you have you have royally messed up. I'm not going to say you messed it up yet because this all can come to a glorified conclusion and Lamar Jackson gets paid and everything is everything. But I promise you, whatever the he- whatever number that Lamar Jackson gave you in the beginning, I pro- the p- today's pr- or yesterday's price is not today's price. That is going to be the title of this episode. Hell, the same thing, and we'll talk about Jalen Hurts in a second. The same thing could be said for Jalen Hurts. You think that whatever uh, number he had in his head going into this year, the fact that he's also an MVP candidate is going to be the same exact number? When the nego- when they get back, that's why I have a very strong feeling, and I would not be surprised if by the end of the year you hear about a Jalen Hurst extension like soon. That's what I'm saying, but congratulations to the oh, and on the other side, man, I know that uh, Mac Jones he had a high ankle sprain, so I hope that he gets better. But this is just yet another another week where the Patriots' offense looks terrible. You know what? Uh, hot take. I think this is Bill Belichick's last year. Because there's no way that the great Bill Belichick can look at what we're seeing from the Patriots and not make any adjustments. And when I say any adjustments, you still don't have somebody, call, an offensive person calling the offense. Because his offense looks pedestrian. Yo, I think he, Mac Jones had like four interceptions. Or three turnovers, something like that, in the last like five, four, five minutes. 
the Ravens defense, the Ravens defense on Sunday looked like the the 2000 Ravens defense, the the 2009 Ravens defense. This is the same defense that a week ago gave up like 42 points or something like that to Tua. Blew a like 21 point lead in the fourth quarter. Looked like the 2009 Ravens defense. Marlon Humphreys getting getting interceptions. Uh, Kyle Hamilton knocking the ball out of Nelson Aguilar's hands and, and Marcus Peters picking it up. It was, man, congratulations to the, to the Ravens for beating the Patriots. Uh, Bengals beat the Jets 27-12. to 12. The Bengals is, is a better team. I don't think that they look, you know, I, I think it's the Jets, so of course the Jets aren't that good. Uh, but the Bengals, I still think that they need to get some stuff together. Uh, Sauce Gardner looked really good against Jamar Chase, even though Jamar Chase ultimately got the better of him. I, I, the Jets have promising pieces, but as a team, it's not that good. And the Bengals, I'm still going to hold out hope on the Bengals because it's the Jets. So, ooh, let's park it here. The the Titans beat the Raiders 24 to 22. This is more about the Raiders than it is the Titans. Shouts out to the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry looked like the Derrick Henry of old. It looked, it, it was a dominating performance. But we need to talk, see, people want to start. You know the reason why people start pressing panic buttons? is because their ex- expectations are not being met and in in a fast enough fashion that that allows them to be patient a lot of people a lot some people aren't patient when you get Devonte adams in the offseason when you pay darren waller for an extension or with an extension. When you have Derek Carr, when you have Hunter Hen- Hunter Renfro, when you have Josh Jacobs, you're expected to compete now. So the fact that the Raiders are 0-3, one of the only teams, actually, I think maybe the only team that doesn't have a win, the panic button starts to get hit. And it starts to get hit because when we first started... When we first went to the season, what's the biggest? What's the what was the course course sounding idea that this that that went into the season? It was the AFC West is the best division by far. Hell, I went out on a limb and said, "Yo, this division might have every team make the playoffs." That's how good I thought this division was. And as we sit here today, we will talk about the Broncos in a second. But the Raiders look the Raiders look worse than they did last year. With a different head coach, Josh Josh Jacob. I mean, with a different head coach. With a a legit number one receiver. In fact, arguably the number one receiver in the NFL. Top three tight end secured and healthy. They look horrible. They don't look in sync. I was about to say bye, bye, bye. 
<laughs> I was about to make an NSYNC joke. I don't even think. Mm, I'm corny sometimes. Um, they just don't look good. And, and I, the worst, the, the problem is, and the thing that I thought, I knew going in the defense was going to be a problem and the offensive line was going to be a problem. But I thought that because you had Derek Carr, because you had the the weapons that they have, they could overcome it. Kind of like what Russell Wilson did a lot in Seattle. Seattle never had, not never, after Legion of Boom, Seattle didn't have a good defense. Seattle really has never had a good offensive line. They just had, you know, when they had Legion of Boom, they had a historic defense and they had Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Tyler Lockett. You know, they, they, they had pieces. So So those pieces... That defense was good enough. Russell Wilson was good enough to overcome a poor offensive line. I thought when you have Derek Carr, when you have Devontae Adams, when you have, you know, Darren Wallet, they're gonna, they're able to overcome a poor offensive line and poor defense. But that has not been the case. A lot of people are calling for Josh McDaniel's head. Maybe. I don't know. But the Raiders look pedestrian. The Raiders don't look like they had one of the busiest off-seasons this year. The Raiders don't look like they acquired arguably one of the best players in the league this year. The Raiders don't look like they have a top one receiver, a top three tight end, and a fringe top ten quarterback at times. The Raiders look like a team... (laughs) that have no business being considered for the playoffs. And honestly, I think they said teams that have um, started 0-3 have missed the playoffs like 97% of the time or something like that. So they could turn around, but if the Raiders don't make the playoffs, which I don't think they will at this point, it's a failed season. There's some, like the Jets, if the Jets make the playoffs, they damn near won the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> nobody, they, I don't even think they expect themselves to make the playoffs. If the if the Bears make the playoffs, damn near won the Super Bowl. If the, if the, if the Texans win, go to the playoffs, damn near win the Super Bowl. If the Raiders do not make the playoffs, 100% failed season. So... The Eagles beat the Commanders 24 to 8. Or yeah, 24 to 8. Carson Wentz was sacked nine times. Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, is the second is I in my MVP race early in the season. He's second. I have Lamar Jackson at one. Um again, I I was completely wrong about Jalen Hurts. Uh, I was actually completely wrong about the commanders too. Let's talk about it, bro. <sighs> when I had uh, my man Jarrell and Bobby on the ho- co-hosts of the Thousand Jumpers podcast, they came on the podcast to break down the NFC East, and I think all of us said that there is a good chance that Washington could win the division. There was a lot of question marks when we talked about the rate the the cowboys there was a lot of i mean we know what the hell is going on with the giants um and there was a i think it was bobby that said probably the eagles but 
No, Jarrell. Jarrell's going crazy about the Eagles, which which respectfully so. You have you know, that has Darius Slay is a great you know, they have a great team. As we sit here today, to me they have the best team, overall team in the NFC. Uh So I was wrong about the Eagles. I was wrong about Jalen. I was I knew Jalen Hurts was good. I just didn't I questioned his passing ability. I questioned can he win a game when you have to be a primary passer? But as we've seen, the connection with him and Devontae Smith is great. The connection with him and AJ Brown is great. The Eagles, I would not, I would not be surprised if the Eagles are at least in the NFC Championship. That's how good this team is. But I was I was also wrong about the Commanders, man. I look. I knew that Carson Wentz was going to be a question mark. But the offensive line is terrible. The secondary and the defense is terrible. Will Fuller or Kyle Fuller Whoever the hell is on the is on the Washington Commanders name, Kyle Fuller. If Kyle Fuller is lined up guarding you, you can almost guarantee you're about to have a career day. Kyle, yo, they the the Eagles were taking turns with Kyle Fuller, Kyle Fuller. And I don't I mean we were supposed to have one of the best de- offense defensive lines. They haven't really shown shown up. Our linebacker core has been horrible this year. The only thing that's been good and a and a pleasant surprise is how good Jahan Dotson has looked early on. Um even though he didn't do much uh on Sunday. I know that cuz I started him on fantasy. <sighs> I won, but still. The Eagles are the best team as of right now, overall team in the NFC. And to me, it would be, at least this point, it would be a, uh, it would be a uh, upset if they don't win the NFC East. And if he continues to play how he's playing, I have Jalen Hurts as a MVP candidate. So, some people have him number one. I have him number two. So, the Jaguars destroyed the Chargers thirty-eight to ten. First, shouts out to Doug Peterson and the Jaguars. Doug. You see how important it is to have a good, competent coach. The Jaguars look drastically different than they did last year. Now, yes, they, they a lot of the pieces are the same outside of the defense. Um, they spent, I think, the most money this offseason on their defense, and their defense still is a work in progress, but their offense looks humming. Doug Pearson, who was an offensive guy, has Trevor Lawrence looking incredible. Like Trevor Lawrence looks like the number one overall pick he was supposed to or he he was projected to be. Uh so shout out to the Jaguars, man. They they are exceeding expectation even at two and one. Let's talk about the Chargers for a second. Rashawn Slater 
he's out for the rest of the season with a tor- uh, torn pectoral, a uh, torn bicep. I'm sorry. That is huge for the team. This team is really beat up. Nick Bosa went out with a groin injury. We know about the uh, cracked rib, rib cartilage for Justin Herbert, and you can just tell. I mean, there was a there was a play where he got hit, and you can just see the grimace in his face. Sometimes, at the end of the day, a coach is a, is 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 a general. A coach is the general for the team. And there are times when, as the general of a team, you have to save players from themselves. It's, it's all about winning the war, not the battle. You're already, like, you can tell. Now, yeah, Jalen, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert had an incredible, like, pass that went damn near 55 I think it was like 55 yard pass that was it on the run it was incredible but whoop de doo that's a pass if if I was if I was the Chargers man I would sit Justin Herbert I understand like a lot of people this is a this is a year that you could contend for a Super Bowl but you're not gonna do that if you don't have Justin Herbert. You're not going to do that if you don't have some of the acquisitions that, like, you're not going to do that if you don't have Nick Bosa. Oh, I'm sorry, Joey Bosa, not Nick. Joey Bosa. All I'm saying is, you have sometimes you have to save a player from themselves, man. And there should be no reason why you're already getting blown out. There should be no reason why Justin Herbert's playing most of the game, especially when you see this man grimacing after getting hit, like. Like grimacing, like oh my gosh, like this shit hurts. That's all I'm saying, man. But shouts out Jaguars for beating the Chargers, thirty-eight to ten. Uh, Rams beat the Cardinals, twenty to twelve. I think we're at a point where we really have to start looking at uh, looking at Cliff Kingsbury and if he is the coach moving forward, because. Usually the 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 Cardinals start off fast, and then just start plateauing. Oh, not plateauing because that means you hit the ceiling. Start plummeting. Now they're just starting off terrible. And the thing is, the Rams didn't even play good that uh, last week or on Sunday. They didn't play that good at all. The offense is still trying to catch up. They didn't play that good. But the Cardinals just look that bad. I don't know. Kyler Murray didn't look that good. Again, I understand Devon. I understand DeAndre Hopkins isn't there, and he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. But one player shouldn't drastically change the way an offense. One player that's a wide receiver, by the way, shouldn't drastically change. How the offense looks for a team that should uh, they're there to enhance to amplify the talents of a quarterback. They're not when DeAndre Hopkins is not there, the Cardinals look drastically different. It's crazy, but shouts out to the Rams for beating 20 
or beating the Cardinals twenty to twelve. Hell, you know it's bad. But we barely. I know he had a he had a sack, but we barely have talked about Aaron Donald this entire year. Think about that. Uh, Falcons beat the Seahawks twenty seven to twenty three. Battle of two trash teams. They suck. Uh, Kyle Pitts did get involved. Drake London got involved. Marcus Mariota got involved. Cordell Patters, uh, Cord- Cordell, Cordero, Cordero Patterson. Look, yo, the Seahawks made Cordero Patterson look like AJ or um, Adrian Prime Adrian Peterson. That's how good he looked. The Seahawks suck, bro. Um, one of the biggest games going in, the Packers beat beat the Bucks fourteen to twelve. Exactly what how I thought it would be is how it was. It was a defensive minded game. Uh, the running game was huge for at least the Packers. Uh, Alan Lazar did catch a touchdown. The Bucks defense looked incredible, and this is yet another week where the Bucks offense looks horrible. It was bad. I know that they did. They had a chance for the two point conversion at the end, but as as Tom Brady, you can't let you can't have a delay of game for two point conversion where you get put you're at the two yard line now you're doing it from like the seven it's the bucks the bucks are not good enough in my opinion at least offensively right now to win a super bowl to even compete for a super bowl cuz if you look right now offensively let's just talk the NFC the bucks in my opinion are not better offensively than the Eagles. They're not better offensively than we're just talking about NFC. Honestly, and I'll be a thousand percent, people might hate me. They're not better than the Vikings offensively. They're not better than the Lions offensively. They're not better than uh that might be it. <laughs> oh, pa- Packers for sure. Offensively, they may not be better than the 49ers. Well, let me not say that because the 49ers, boy, oh boy. I'm just saying, I don't know. Yes, um, this is also con- what, what, contingent with um, the fact that Chris Godwin was not healthy. Mike Evans wasn't there. Like, I, I get that. But still, bro. Still. <sighs> And, and you know, it was the Packers were shut out the second half. They didn't score the second half. It was just their defense. Who was without without Zaire Alexander most of the most of the game still looked dominant. It's crazy. Uh, the Broncos beat the 49ers eleven to ten. I said that right. It was eleven to ten. Yo, I'm not really. I'm not really for. I'm never going to advocate someone to lose their job if they don't do something wild. Like Robert Sarver should definitely have to sell his team. Robert Sarver, I'm sorry, should definitely have to sell his team because he was wilding. Donald Sterling definitely should have sold his team. He was wilding. Urban Meyer should have got fired. Definitely was wilding. So I'm not really for someone to lose their job if they're not wilding. But Nathaniel Hack. I don't like what is happening. The Broncos look horrible. Yet another team 
in the AFC West. Yet another team that had a bevy of moves that they made this year or this offseason. Getting getting Russell Wilson. Making some improvements on the offense. Making some improvements on the defense. Their defense is good. But their offense has been horrible. Yo, Russell Wilson looking bad. Corlin Sutton dropping passes. Jared Jared Judy dropping passes. Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball damn near every single game. I'm starting to be, I know he's good, but I'm starting to like really question how the hell did this man still have a job? He fumbles the ball every single game. This Broncos team, even though they're 2-1, looks horrible. They still don't know what's going on with the clock management. They still don't know what they're doing with timeouts. They still don't. Russell Wilson still looks like he has absolutely no chemistry with not a single player on this team. Nathaniel Hackett still doesn't know how to draw up a goddamn play. And they brought him here because he's supposed to be an offensive guru because he was coaching. Or he was an offensive coordinator for uh, the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers, but as I'm starting to see, kind of like Mike McCarthy, Nate, the thing, you know, the <laughs> taking Aaron Rodgers off the field in the in the NFC NFC playoff game to, when you needed a touchdown to get a field goal, I'm starting to see where that that mindset came from. <sighs> Boy, the Broncos are is so bad, bro. And the 49ers. The 49ers that we saw on Sunday is the 49ers. That's who Jimmy G is, which is one of the biggest reasons why people were clamoring to and why the 49ers were ready to give up Jimmy G. He's going to give you one. If you're the defense, he's going to give you at least one. And he did. The game, the game, the game is a, that's a, that's a, that's a, 11 to 10. That's a pickup basketball score. It's terrible. Uh, and finally, Monday Night Football. The Cowboys beat the Giants 16 or 23 to 16. First of all, I want to send um, thoughts and prayers to Sterling Shepard. It was confirmed that he tore his left ACL. Uh, that's a huge blow, especially from somebody that already missed all of last year with a torn or with a leg injury. Um, I wish I went, once he went down, it looked bad because it was a non-contract. It was really looked like he was just running slowly and then it just, he just fell. So I knew it was bad. Um, I wish nothing but, you know, speedy recovery and the best for him. Cause he's still a really, really good player. Um, but yeah, Sterling Shepard will be out for the rest of the year due to a, a left torn ACL. So, uh, and for the cow for for this game, the, the biggest reason why I said if you go back to my prediction that the Cowboys were going to win this game is exactly why they won. The defense took over. Uh, Minka Parsons looked really good. Uh, they ran they ran the ball like thirty times, thirty one times. Tony Paul looked great. Ezekiel uh, Elliott got a touchdown. The Cowboys dominated the 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 line of scrimmage 
on the offense or the de- or the defensive side of the ball. And Cooper Rush, the only thing that they're asking for Cooper Rush to do is is maintain the game. You don't have to go win it for them. You can definitely for sure lose it for them. Just just don't play outside yourself. Do not play outside yourself. Just just run the game, hand the ball off. You have a, a you have two pretty good backs. You have a oh a decent offensive line even though it kept it kept getting false starts and kept getting holding calls. Um just don't don't lose a force. Just just don't lose a force. And that's exactly what happened. The Giants, I'm gonna say this. This time next year, the Giants will have a different quarterback. The Giants did everything. The Giants should have won that game. The reason why they didn't win that game is because of Daniel Jones. When Daniel Jones gets any amount of pressure, he starts panicking. Hell, Dan, shouts out to Dan Orlowski. He said it. He broke it down on NFL Live. When he gets pressured, the first thing he does is look down. I don't understand why they didn't give the ball to uh, Saquon Barkley more than they did. I don't get it. There was a lot of times when Sterling Shepard was open. And, yo, it is this Sterling, this uh, Kenny Galladay situation is shocking. You paid that man, what, $72 million? And he only played like two snaps last week and he's dropping key balls this week Kenny I don't boy I don't get it the Giants and, and that's the thing Brian Dayball has is a good coach he you can tell that he's changed the mindset he's changed the culture of this Giants team the problem is when you have a quarterback like Daniel Jones, you're always going to be limited. I'll say this, and this is how I. This is how you know. Say, say Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback for the Giants with the weapons that they had with Aaron with Saquon Barkley. Say Aaron. Say Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. Say Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback of the Giants. Say Josh Allen was the quarterback for the Giants. Put money, they look drastically different. Because Brian Dayball is a good coach. I know. It's crazy. But that has been week three. Um, We talked about the Steelers and the Browns when they played Thursday Night Football. A report came out on Sunday that Miles Garrett got into a crash or got into a car accident. Um, I think what they're saying was he was trying to – he swerved to avoid hitting an animal. And it was wet, and then you know his car flipped. They said he's he's good. I think they released him from the hospital. Um, but yeah, that's that's what happened to him. He should be fine, from what they're saying. So let's move forward. NBA, the NBA is back, sort of. Once once media day starts, you know, once media day comes around, the NBA is is back in full effect. Uh, the preseason is about to start, I think, in like a week or two. Um, the NBA, which it's it's back, it's back, and I just really want to say that the NBA is back now. The biggest, the two biggest stories going into the NBA season was, of course, the Boston Celtics and Ime Udoka. 
which I, actually it was three. Every single which which you knew it was coming. Every single question for the Boston Celtics was about him. Uh, Jason Tatum said something. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, pretty much the whole team. It'd be different if this happened right after the NBA Finals. But this happened a couple days before the training camp. Now, again, I'm not going to speak on what happened again because it's not for me to speak on it. But that's 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 a tough – that's one of the biggest reasons, in my opinion, why I don't have the Boston Celtics. I had the Boston Celtics at least make it to the Finals. I don't think they will this year. Because of the Emei Odoka situation, now they have uh, one of the youngest coaches, uh, actually not one of the youngest coach in the league, who didn't expect to be coaching just two weeks before. Um, that's one. Then you have the Robert, you have the Phoenix Suns and the Robert Robert Sarver situation, and Devin Booker. Let me t- let me tell you something, brother. Devin Booker came out and said uh, he's shocked and surprised because that's not. The Robert Sarver that he knows. Um, Devin, there's been decades upon decades of evidence that shows that this is the Robert Sarver. This is who he is. There's been multiple players, multiple w- women players. There's been multiple people to come out against Robert Sarver. I understand, you know, want to ride for your boy but no (laughs) no no but and then the last one and of course this is on a less serious serious tip was the Brooklyn Nets uh, the Brooklyn Nets media day of course they asked Kevin Durant about the trade um about you know the trade demands as Kyrie Irving about let me let me actually say this about Kyrie Irving the decision is art was already made you know we don't need to go back last year about you know not playing due to unfa- unvaccinated I think that played a huge part in the playoffs because the team really had no chemistry uh this is the year when you have to at, at least for Kyrie nut up and shut or nut up or shut up now I do think I mean Tyree is talented enough to do that, but this is the year when you start evaluating just who Kyrie Irving is. Not last year because last year was an anomaly. This would be the year, and I think if Kyrie plays to the capability that he can play, he will get his money, and I think he understands that too. So the NBA is back, man. Media Day is here. Media Day is here. The NBA is back in about two weeks. So shouts out to the NBA. And lastly, before we go, let me tell let me tell you guys how important support is. Sometimes all people need is support. Sometimes you don't need financial support. Sometimes verbal verbal support is all somebody needs. Maybe to make it through their day. Maybe to make it through a situation that they're going through. Verbal support is always important. Another thing that is clear is silence. This can sometimes be the loudest thing that you can say. 
being silent about something usually shows you how somebody kind of feels, especially when they're asked directly and still refuses to say something. You see, Kim Mulkey, who is currently the coach for LSU, was the former coach for the Baylor basket, Baylor college basketball team, women's college basketball team. And Brittany Griner was a player for Kim Mulkey. In fact, I'll go as far as to say Brittany Griner was probably the greatest player that Kim Mulkey has ever coached. You can feel some type of way. Hell, you can you can feel that it's justified that Brittany Griner's in jail right now. You can feel that she deserves to be in jail. I don't know how you feel. It is what it is. But let let's not let's not get it twisted here. Brittany Griner is a huge reason why Kim Mulkey is still coaching today. Brittany Griner, if it was not for Brittany Griner, I'll go as far as to say Kim Mulkey would probably not be as big as she, and no, probably would not be as big as she is at all. You can't profit off the back of somebody. And then have the nerve to not support them when they need it the most. And now you have former players coming out and saying, yeah, that's that's crazy, bro. Brittany Griner is the reason for Kim Mulkey's career still continuing. And clearly she doesn't forgot that. Because when a reporter asks you, how do you feel about that? Because you haven't commented. And then you go, and I still won't comment. That's crazy. Because Brittany Griner made Kim Mulkey. Let's let's be real here. And you know you know that's the case. Because look look at LSU. Did you see LSU in uh, hosting up the? In fact, how many? I'm about to look this up right quick. How many national championships does she have without Brittany Griner? Two. <sighs> Silence. Silence is sometimes the loudest thing that you can say because it really shows you in some situations how you really feel. Shame on you, Kim Mulkey. Again, you can feel it's a thousand percent justified for Brittany Griner still being in jail right now in Russia. But let's not forget as you wouldn't be nothing really without Brittany Griner. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast, shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, 
The link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to everyone listening. Please subscribe to everyone watching. It definitely means a lot to me. And until next time, much love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Space rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Space rabbit. Push space cool. I pray the chopper never jam. Yeah, yeah. I pray the chopper never jam. Dirty, dirty in my hand. DNA detective that got me cuffed on that ambulance. Nigga, ain't no solving no murders. Welcome to murder land. Send a hit and scratch off a hit. Bitch, I'm the murder man. Pray the Lord put his hands on me. And I know I took a risk with this shit when I put my hands on it. All my enemies watching, they plotting, plan on me. They go with up one of the dead on me. Cause I can niggas stand on it when it ain't the truth. Pussy niggas ran on me when it's time to shoot. Motherfucker friend, got them bitches at my crew. I knew you would fuck with me if I didn't have no loot. Cause I'm the one that push a hard line. Tell me what niggas know about hard time. Empty stomach, get you the heart to go do a homicide. Know some bitch niggas that snitch niggas on my side. Still a rich nigga with my ties. Cause nigga, we was locked. Then. Me and six of my niggas in one apartment. We was pushing that molly powder and heart in. Back when bitches they used to play with my heart in. Police might shoot me and kill me over my dark skin. Man, this game got me dark hearted. Smoking drain like an alcoholic, don't get me started. I thought we was gonna thug it out to the end, but I guess that shit is wasn't in the plans. I pray this chopper never jam. 30 30 in my hand, shoot him if he ain't DOA, we shoot up the ambulance. Nigga, ain't no solving no murder, welcome to murder land. Bulletproof my shit, they might hit it, bitch, I'm the murder man. Dead nigga put his hands on me. I'ma pop another bottle and put one out for your dead on me. Swear my friends turning fed on me. Many pussy niggas might take the stand on me, but how can niggas stand on it when it ain't the truth? Pussy niggas ran on me when it's time to shoot. She think I'm a man, baby, I'm just knocking boots. I know you wouldn't fuck with me if I didn't have no loot, cause I'm the one that pushed a hard line. Tell me what bitches know about hard time. If these stomach get you the heart to go do a homicide. Know some bitch niggas that stitch niggas on my side. Still a rich nigga with my tie, cause niggas we was locked in. Me and six of my niggas in one apartment. We was pushing that molly powder and hard in. Back when bitches they used to play with my heart in. Police might shoot me and kill me over my dark skin. Man, this game got me dark hearted. Smoke a drink like an alcoholic, don't get me started. I thought we was gonna thug it out to the end, but I guess that shit is wasn't in the plans. I pray this chopper never jam. Yeah, yeah. I pray the chopper never jam. Yeah, yeah. I pray the chopper never jam. Yeah.